everybody, and welcome to another installment of Games We Never Play, the podcast where we shine a light on all of those uh, PDFs you might have sitting on your hard drive or those games that you kickstarted that you really, really want to play, but you never get around to actually playing. Fortunately, this podcast exists so we can play the games that you don't have a chance to. My name is Michael Robert Holmes. I'm one of the co-hosts here at GWNP, and um, this month's content is a little special because we have a guest GM, and that would be Mr. Alan Barr, who is the creator of the Tiny D6 series, among many, many other things, and we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Um, But before we get too into the weeds about what we're going to be playing this month, let's go around the virtual tabletop and see who else is on the cast this month. Jameson, why don't you get us started? No problem. Hey, folks, it's Jameson, GM Mace on the internet. Uh, that's Mace like the weapon. I'm really excited to play this. I've been reading the rulebook all week, and I'm, I have an idea, but I'm not going to go into it yet. Uh, JB, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Sure. My name is JB Jora. Uh, I'm at JB Jora, J-A-U-R-A, everywhere on the internet. Uh, I am the creative strategist, technical director, and business development manager at Hunter's Entertainment. You're also an RPG publishing company. And unfortunately, I've never had a chance to look at the tiny uh, D6 uh, game (gasps) model. Uh, And I have yet to even crack this book open. So it's uh, going to be a fun experience figuring out how this whole system works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, Jamie. Okay? I, I have a good feeling about this. Um, Mr. Chan, go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Robert Clark Chan. I'm a comedian and podcaster. You can find me at 999 RPMs, hither and thither uh, out on the web. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm into this. I read it a little bit, so I got a, I got kind of a sense. And I've, I'm starting to put together an idea in my head. It will be should be a hoot. And last but certainly not least, uh, Mr. Barr, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us who you are and why you're here today? Absolutely. Um, I'm Alan Barr from Gallant Knight Games. I make games. (laughs) You do at that. (laughs) Um, And today, specifically, we are going to be playing Tiny Supers, which is the superhero installment of the Tiny D6 series. Um, The Tiny D6 series is a very rules light minimalist uh, rule set that is actually incredibly versatile. Um, basically, you're rolling a couple of D6. You want to get a five or a six. If you're really good at something, you roll three. If you're not so good at something, you roll one. And there's a couple of other modifiers. But at the end of the day, that's really all you need to know about the Tiny D6 system. Um, before we get into character creation, Alan, what inspired you to create this system and actually some of the other Gallant Knight games that you've produced over the years? Sure. So I didn't create Tiny D6, just to be clear. Ah, okay. Uh, A company called Smoking Salamander Games published Tiny Dungeon back in like 2014. And we licensed it in like 2015-ish and did Tiny Frontiers, which is a science fiction iteration. Mm -hmm. And then the creator was like, I'm not going to do any more. I was like, well, can I just buy everything from you? And he said, sure. So I bought it, rebranded it, Tiny D6, and kind of just ran with it. And I mean, you've produced a voluminous amount of material for it. Um, If anybody is listening to this podcast and has the ability to go to uh, either Gallant Knight Games website or the drive-thru RPG site for Gallant Knight Games, um, how many issues of the tiny zine are there at this point? 
Uh, we're on 20 something. It's a little over two years at this point. Um, and the tiny zine of course is a, a companion piece for the tiny D six series. Um, it's got yeah. adventures, new rules, stuff like that. Um, and it is an incredible value in my opinion for the money you spend on the zine. Um, like you said, you've got tiny frontiers, which is sci-fi, which I also own. Um, I have a couple of guys on the uh, Gallant Night Games Discord that I keep teasing on playing a Supers uh, Frontiers mashup at some point, but life just hasn't allowed me to make time for that. Um, Mason and I have also checked out the Tiny Frontiers Mecha and Monsters book, which is Kaiju versus Giant Robots. Uh, and I was really impressed with how the Tiny D6 system actually works really well for that. Um, and just the uh, detail that you can get into creating both your giant monsters and your giant robots. Um, and you just recently kickstarted Tiny Cthulhu as well, correct? Correct. Uh, we also have uh, Tiny Dungeon, which is kind of our flagship. It's the fantasy dungeon crawler style game. And we have Tiny Wastelands, which is a post-apocalyptic uh, uh, iteration. And there's also Tiny Gunslingers and Living Dead, right? Yeah, we have some smaller, like, some of the genres don't require a lot of stuff in them. So, like, Tiny Gunslingers, Tiny Living Dead, those are, like, smaller, like, 30 to 40 page books. Right. Um, and they're really easy to just smoosh together, for better or worse, which is great. Um, so, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast with us today and running us through Tiny Supers. Um, as I've of said course. many times... Just don't make me regret it. <laughs> No promises, but I'm going to yeah. do my level best. Nobody could ever promise that. Um, superhero RPGs are kind of my drug of choice. I have like a dozen on my shelf that I'm never, ever going to play. But this one really spoke to me because I feel that one of the hindrances of a lot of superhero systems is that the nuances for different powers and the rule sets that come along with them are kind of a... a they scare a lot of people off. So with the D6 series and the simplicity of the of mechanics, like I finally feel, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, that I might have found my one and only superhero role-playing game system. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Well, thanks. Um, so yeah, do we want to go ahead and jump into character creation, y'all? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, um, as I told Mason before we started recording today, I've probably got five or six ideas in my head based on what everybody else wants to play. So I don't know. I feel like I'm going to conscript someone else into going first. And before we get started, Alan, do you want to give us any pointers on the character creation system? Anything you want to point out about the gallant yeah. setting, anything uh, like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the character creation is really simple. Um, you pick an archetype, which uh, would correspond to kind of a, class uh if you were gonna if you were gonna break it down that way and uh so you pick your archetype it'll give you your stress capacity which is how much uh harm or damage or trauma you can take it will give you a special ability uh referred to as an archetype trait and then you'll pick three more traits you will pick your character's origin you'll pick their weakness and you're done that's it those are all the decisions you have to make and we're finished and ready to roll so actually i I had a question really quickly. Um, Absolutely. You say weakness. Now, the way that that's described in the book, it's a little ambiguous. Are we talking kryptonite or more of a personality trait that prevents them perhaps from succeeding when others it's, would? It's not ambiguous. It's both. Okay. Yeah. It can be, I have to care for my alien grandmother and that inhibits my ability to be a superhero. Or when I'm exposed to this mysterious space rock, I suddenly lose all my powers. 
Uh, it, it's really about the story you want to tell, right? A weakness in a superhero story is you are flagging something for the GM and saying, I want to engage with this because I find this hindrance for my character interesting, <laughs> right? A character sheet is just a communication tool to tell you how you want, tell the GM how you want to play your game. Excellent. Thank you for that clarification. No problem. Um, well, who would like to go first? So I've been kind of noodling around with the, uh, some sort of a defender healer support character. Maybe somebody that makes shields, but going with the defender uh, archetype cool. was what I was looking at. What about the rest of you? I mean, I don't mind moving it around or changing things. I'm thinking of a controller. Um, I've been watching a, a lot of Totoro with my kid. And uh, just like the idea of just like a, a horde of soot sprites, uh, just <laughs> sort, sort of only semi in control of the character sort of uh, really appeals to me. Are you just soot sprites in like a trench coat and a hat? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? possibly entirely possible <laughs> he is now um, i will most likely be building something along the lines of my favorite superhero which is the flash uh not not cw flash comic book flash uh there is a difference um so some sort of of gotta go fast-esque character um, as far as his hindrances and everything it's all tbd Cool. Well, I mean, we're going to, in the next, you know, 40 minutes or so, we, we will figure out what is the D in that TBD. Um, I'm actually a, a Patreon for Gallant Night Games. And as such, I have a, a sneak preview of the Gallant Verse campaign guide. So I'm actually going to use one of the new archetypes in that book. And I'm going to use the trickster which is the clever hero who uses their wits and wiles to outmaneuver their foes, often having an array of unusual abilities and powers that flummox those who face them. So think a little bit of Spider-Man, um, but with a couple of different bells and whistles, and that's going to be my character. Uh, so before we actually go on with character generation, Alan, do you want to tell us anything about the gallant verse? Since I'm assuming that's where our game is going to be set today. Sure, it totally is. So the Gallant Verse is the default setting for Tiny Supers. Normally our games don't have default settings, but with a superhero one, I felt it was essential to present something that was a framework people could hang their stories on. And it is a near future uh, science fiction oriented uh, superhero setting. I say science fiction oriented in that more powers are going to be derived from science than they are from like magic or mutation. Right. Yeah. And actually uh, reading the details that you do have of the setting. Um, did you ever read Tom strong by Alan Moore? And then a couple of other not. people took it over after uh, it's not too dissimilar. I mean, your oh. gallant verse is definitely its own unique thing, but in the Tom strong universe, they're science heroes. They're not superheroes. Mm -hmm. So, mostly everybody has a scientific explanation for why they do what they do. And I highly recommend it as a comic book and it's easily one of Alan Moore's most accessible uh, pieces of material as well. So anyway, there's that. Cool. But yeah. So it takes place. The primary city is a city called century city. S E N T R Y not century as in a hundred years. Um, and it's kind of a science Near, near future science fiction utopia. It's a shining gem of science, industrialism, and awesomeness. And that's where the main superhero team, Century Force Prime, kind of resides in their floating base, Skyhold. 
and uh, everything else kind of webs out from there. You've got Haven City, which is sort of the the super dark Iron Age kind of city uh, where superheroes are illegal. And so you've got powerless vigilantes cleaning up the streets. Um, you And there's other locations that we haven't explored yet, but uh, there's a whole bunch of the Gallantverse. And actually, uh, Haven City is explored in a separate book, right? right. That's Fallen Legends, Fallen Justice. Heroes? Fallen, Fallen Justice. Fallen Justice, right. Um, yeah. Which, again, uh, is a really incredible role-playing game product. Uh, the design's really clean and very striking. It is so different from Tiny Supers, even though it's, you know, the same universe and the same rule set. Um, you know, it reminds me of all of those Iron Age comics that I'm sure we all have somewhere in a long box. Um, well, then I did my job right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, they do have one superhero in Haven City, and he's kind of a jerk. Or he he's, can't... He's, he's a corporate stooge. Yeah. Yes. Superheroes are illegal unless certified, and they've only certified one because the he can't control him. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he, he mostly spends his time driving other superheroes out of the city rather than actually stopping crime. Which I feel probably isn't too far from what the reality would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and one of the things too that you you say a few times, both in Tiny Supers and in the Gallantverse Guide, is that you you always want the stories set in in Century City or, or wherever to be positive and inclusive and everything, which I think is very encouraging, especially you know in twenty twenty to really you know. Uh, encourage people to tell happy stories or stories that, you know, give you some sort of glimmer of hope at the end, as opposed to, you know, these. Anybody should be able to see themselves in a superhero story and see themselves reflected in the media they're consuming. And so that was a priority when we created our iconic team that you, we had a a wide range of backgrounds, diversity, um, and powers. So, so there was something for everybody um, and we wanted the setting to reflect that. And we want the stories to reflect a sense of, uh, the future can be better if we all work together towards it. Uh, kind of. I, I love that personally. Usually I want a superhero Star Trek, right? That, that kind of utopian optimism, but applied to a superhero setting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I feel like that's something that we haven't really seen explicitly done before. So kudos to you, sir. I am doffing my cap to you. The audience can't see it, but it's happening. <laughs> So now that we've talked about the setting, now that we've talked general concepts, does anybody have any powers or traits they want to start assigning to these nascent heroes of uh, the gallant verse? I think mine would be probably the easiest, which would be super speed. Um, what? I, I was looking at the archetype list mm-hmm. just now, and the one that jumps out would be striker for me because it's take out the villain as quickly as possible. That quickly is what got me on it. Um, so I'm assuming it'd be some sort of a striker type character with super speed. I think that sounds completely valid. Um, but you do get to pick three traits, uh, besides just the one that the archetype assigns to you. Okay. And those are both power traits and just the regular traits. Uh, so oh, it's both of those. Okay. Yeah. You can substitute one for one. Correct, Ellen? Uh, correct. Yep. Okay. Oh, that opens it up a little bit. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm thinking force field and possibly some sort of healing thing. So if you want to do the protective shield bearer thing going on, mm-hmm. like energy shields, you're going to want force field power. Um, you're going to want the shield bearer trait as well, which is not a power trait. So you're going to take a look at that. 
Shield bearer trade. Okay, let's take a look. So it's on page 27 of Tiny Supers. And actually, I think I'm going to take that from mine as well, just because he's a little squishy. Um, and actually, while I'm talking, uh, the archetype trait for the trickster is fluid tactics, which means that twice per day for one action, I can use a power trait or trait I don't have. Um, and if I select a power trait, I can only use the tier one version of that power trait. However, I am going to select the improved fluid tactics trait, which means that I can have that same effect, only I can use a tier two action of a power trait. Um, and there's only three tiers for each power, almost all power traits. There's some in the gallant verse guide that only have two tiers. Um, and obviously the higher up you go with a power trait, the more things you can do. Okay, so we're getting three different traits in addition to the archetype trait that we have. Is that right? Correct. And I think I'm actually going to take... And, and ranking up your power traits takes an extra trait choice, right? So it would be one choice of your three to take rank one. And if you wanted to go to rank two, it would be a second one of your three choices to go to rank two. Right. Okay. I think that's my, my shield or whatever is going to be some sort of a, a like a force barrier kind of like Sue Storm. So I don't think I'm going to take the... Uh, the the shield bearer one but well so keep in mind that these traits and these powers are designed to be reskinned however you want wow i see right so the shield bearer trait doesn't mean you're running around with a shield on your arm what it means is you have the ability to throw up barriers and you know how to use them to get a bonus <laughs> right okay all right think of it uh so like, like for example uh the snare power what that could be a glue grenade that could be vines coming out of the ground. That could be web, right? There's a lot of ways you can snare somebody it could be like you throw bolas at them. Right. And so you can reskin these powers to fit your theme, however you want. And that goes for the regular traits too. Okay. That's cool. Which is one of the things I like about the tiny D six series, because like if you were to look at tiny frontiers set next to tiny supers, there's a lot of stuff that is, almost verbatim the same text, but um, you know that they are written so broadly that they can cover many genres. I really, really like that. Um, also the, the flavor text you have for what is it? The bar fighter trait. I don't know. There's just something very charming about that. Funny how you always fancy yourself a drink right on unification day. <laughs> uh, it's just a, uh, it's very home homey to me for some reason. Uh, Chan, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my thinking is sort of, uh, these, um, soot sprite type creatures are, um, uh, sort of darkness based. And so I feel like summoning would, um, uh, uh, bring in these, these creatures that are semi-autonomous also, you know, like not entirely, um, under uh, this character's control. Sometimes they just want to do their own thing. Um, and also uh, energy controlled darkness, uh, having them sort of like uh, coalesce into, you know, and, and blacking out an area or, you know, like creating shadow type situation and then teleport um, 
sort of being able to just sort of like a, uh, yeah, like kind of whirl together on like a darkness cloud and kind of like blip out. Um, so that uh, he's, he's kind of a movement based uh, character. So let the record show this is now the second time you and I have played a game together where one of the focal points of your character has been teleportation. I'm not going to say it's a theme with you, but I'm saying I, this is you know the what? second time. When I picked this book up, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a tank. I'm just going to be a big, dumb character. I'm like, well, no, that just, that's what everybody's going to do. And um, yeah, here, here's me rolling into my old patterns. Well, I, I fought every urge I had to just recreate my sort of not, Green Lantern character that I do in every other system <laughs> break out of the box a little bit. So that's why I'm, I'm choosing the trickster today because it allows me to do something else. Uh, this is also kind of reminiscent of uh, one of my favorite characters from the new universe, the old eighties. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. DP seven. There is the character that had, um, had all those uh, weird, like shadow homunculi characters. Mm. I forget his name, but uh, that was always one of my new universe. is just, uh, universally trashed. Um, yeah, but and I, it's a soft spot in my heart. Uh, and for those of you listening who might not know what the new universe is, in the mid-80s, Marvel decided they were going to try to create a second line of, of comic books, basically, set in a universe that had nothing to do with the traditional MCU. And as Chan said... It did not do well. <clears throat> Although they did in the past decade or so bring in some of the elements of the universe back into the proper MCU, I think, like Starbrand yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so. Which was, uh, I think Warren Ellis wrote it, and it's pretty decent. Yeah. And in the far, far future, eventually Doctor Doom has the Star Brand and is a spirit of vengeance and the Sorcerer Supreme and the Iron Fist <laughs> and yada, yada, yada. So <laughs> we got that to look forward to. Um, Rounding out my character, I think I'm also going to take uh, Blast at Tier 1. And I'm, like I said, I'm taking the Shield Bearer trait. So with improved fluid tactics, those are my three traits. Okay. So we have no one that wants to like get to, to kind of mix it up in the melee, right? That's what I'll be doing. I'm just trying to figure out which, which power trait to really hone on with that because as far as the regular traits i have uh hit with uh i have opportunists which is hit with disadvantage if someone fails to miss hit me so basically i duck out of the way and try to jab back uh resolute which is advantage on all saving tests and then i have powerful blows as my archetype trait but i think i might switch it up and take a power trait instead and one thing to keep in mind, too, is that you're going to pick an attack or weapon class to be a master of and then one to be proficient with. And Alan, correct me if I'm wrong on this. If you master a, an attack or a weapon class, you are rolling with 3d6. And if you're proficient, you're rolling with 2d6. Meaning that if you're proficient with martial arts, you've never fired a gun in your life, anytime you're attacking with martial arts, you're going to roll 3d6. But if you pick up that gun, you would actually be at disadvantage, which means you would only roll for 1d6. Alan, do I have that right? Uh, loosely, yeah. So you'll pick a weapon group. And then you'll pick something from inside that group to be your mastered weapon, right? So, like, my weapon group could be unarmed attacks. And then my mastered weapon might be, like, uh, super speed punches, right? And so anytime I'm making a super speed punch, whatever that looks like narratively, I roll 3d6. Anytime I'm making an unarmed attack that's not a super speed punch is 2d6. Every other type of attack is 1d6. Got it. Thank you for that clarification. Um, and I will warn you, no game designer runs their game the way it's written. Ever. 
So <laughs> do not use this podcast as justification for any rules you might find. Well, that's my disclaimer. This is not a perfect representation of the rule book because I do not run my game the way it's written in the rule book. Well, I, I really appreciate your uh, transparency on that point. I've never played a game with a game designer where they ran it exactly like it is in the rule book. There's always something they change. Yeah. Right, so just to clarify for, so obviously super speed would be the, the power trait that I would want because I'm right. a speedster. Uh, so I'd have to give up one of my standard traits then to take that. Is that right? Uh, correct. So you have three choices and however you want to spend those between power traits or regular choice, that's yours, right? That's your choice. Okay. So, but if, if I want to go like a tier two, it would take would be, two of your choices. Okay. Yep. Is this, uh, group a little bit light on, uh, kicky punchy? Cause I feel like I could, um, uh, swap out like a teleport, uh, for, you know, uh, some sort of force attack or, uh, similar. I guess it depends on what your little your little dust friends decide to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the uh, um, the uh, archetype trait for the controller is crowd control, which uh, allows them to uh, use uh, uh, a power against multiple targets that don't deal damage. Which is why I sort of shied away from you know choosing uh, one of those to make that more effective. Um, uh, and I was also trying to figure out like, well, um, if 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 this guy, if someone's taking a swing at this guy, is he going to move out of the way or is he going to try like stand there and, and take the punch? Um, and I opted for moving, but maybe, you know, like some sort of a uh, shield would uh, uh, make a better uh, make for the gestalt to be better on the team. Uh, possibly with my character, uh, my entire way that I've built them is to try and get in the way of damage for you. And I have a regenerative, not regenerative, but a uh, healing ability as well. So I can, okay. if I get there too late, I can then make up for it in the next round by putting you back together. Okay. So then uh, uh, my uh, strategy would be to duck behind you, then uh, pop up behind uh, the uh, villain and smack him in the back of the head. That's one thing in some sort of like super strength to like kind of fortify me for moving forward if we need to, to push against. Dig it. I don't know what, what it would be a good one for something like that. I thought like maybe toughness, but that just gives me a, makes me a little harder to kill. Maybe do regeneration. All the, do all the tier powers uh, stack on top of each other? So if you get tier two, do you also get tier one or is it one? Uh, unless it notes otherwise. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And also some powers at a higher tier actually bestow lower levels of other powers as well. So there might be a way that you can get sort of a two for one in some cases. Oh man, I don't know if I want some sort of blast or energy control or armored. Hmm. Let's take yeah. armored. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna just be a tank. So I've got oh. force field level one, healing level one, and armored level one. Okay. With the protector archetype trait. <laughs> Nice, which means that once per turn, when an ally is hit, you can choose to take the hit yourself. Um, and Ellen, didn't you just release a, uh, a comic book set in the Sentry or in the, the Gallant verse as well? We did, yep. And it has an adventure for the game in the back of it. Oh, that's great. And it's just Sentry Force Prime? Is that the title? Yep. It's on Drive Through Comics. Nice. I have yet to check that out, but it is definitely on my list. Well, I hear it's good. <laughs> You're completely unbiased, of course. <laughs> Uh, no, I've, I've heard very good things too. Um, the Gallant Knight 
Discord and actually there's a couple of different Facebook groups are, are very active and very vocal and everybody has spoken very highly of it. And I don't know if it's just because you're there in the background or not, but uh, I have to believe that... I, I, based on the way they interact with me in the past, I have an impression that they would tell me if there was a problem. <laughs> Jumping ahead, I'm already looking at names. I'm like the armadillo. No, yeah, <laughs> no. I've I've already. I'm I'm done. But I just want to wait for everybody else. Oh, look I, at you! I've well, I've to bypass any of my additional standard traits and only go for power traits. Uh, right. That is a that is totally a valid uh, valid thing, and that actually is more common than not. So I am choosing phasing as tier one and super speed at tier two. Uh, in addition to my powerful blows, which is my archetype trait. Nice. So just going to be running and going through things. Got your DPS. I will, I will try. <laughs> Luckily when I move uh, at tier two super speed, uh, no, sorry, tier one super speed, I also count as an evade. So hopefully I can just deal damage and not take damage because I don't know if I'll be able to take too, too much. Well, and let's actually... Um, with a few exceptions, every attack in the tiny system does one damage. And Alan, I think you have a piece of text in there saying that really the killing blow is the one that counts the most. So do you want to speak to that design aspect or? I mean, it's a minimalist game. Rolling for damage is dumb. So it doesn't do it. I That's fine. I totally accept that. <laughs> that's just, I don't have a better answer than eh. <laughs> Fine. Uh, that's the, another thing that I like about the tiny series is that, you know, the rules portion of the book is actually really small. And then at least in frontiers and supers, the rest of it is all setting, which I like. Um, and then there's a bunch of micro settings, which give you different approaches to the game as well. Um, like in my hypothetical mashup of supers and tiny frontiers, it's going to be sort of a guardians of the galaxy, cosmic Marvel style thing. Um, that, you know, with a little bit of reskinning for some of the stuff in Frontiers, I think is going to work really, really well. So there's that. Um, if a character does get reduced, though, to zero stress capacity, there are a number of death saves, right? Uh, th or that is a thing. Saves. Yeah, it's not really going to happen, though, here. Okay. I'm fine it's, with that. This is a superhero game, so you can, if I'm knocking you out, you'll probably just get knocked out and we don't have to worry about dying. Which but is also something my I weakness. <laughs> I was going to go down the Batman route, and my weakness is going to be I, I refuse to kill people, especially if I'm the damage dealer. You know, jumping up and attacking everyone. If I have to kill them, that's that's a no go. Someone else has to do it. But if no, we're not, not killing, killing anybody, <laughs> if we're not killing anybody, that's going to make a slight change there. And we don't I actually have, a... have to. We don't actually have to use weapons, right? We can just use our fist, or do we have to? Or is weapons a an option? I, I mean, it's it's however you want to skin your attack, basically. I mean, are you picturing that you're just running around punching everybody? or? Yeah, running around punching. So I'm just trying to figure out how that works with the mastered weapons and proficient weapons down the bottom. Like, How does the actual attack work? So you'll, you'll pick a... You'll pick a weapon and a type of attack to be mastered in, right? So if you're running around at super speed punching people, like super speed punches is kind of the basic, right? Right. And so that would be your mastered attack. Uh, Chan, I think you were going to say something. Yeah. Um, what is the uh, um, 
So, so my idea is that the, this character doesn't really want this. He's not really happy. He has these powers. He's sort of, you know, uh, running away from it. So like he doesn't necessarily have a, you know, a, a magical sword or some sort of weapon that he's, you know, proficient in necessarily. But I feel like if he, uh, were um you know like a uh, member of a softball league or something like that uh sort of in the in the vein of Casey Jones uh he sort of has a a weapon that is actually just like a sports implement that is you know uh, um that is this thing that he you know uh uses as a weapon uh so like what would the future equivalent of i guess a baseball bat or a hockey stick be like, what is the future sport of choice there? Hmm. My smart ass answer is haven't you seen Back to the Future 2? <laughs> um, you know, uh, Griff's expanding baseball bat. I mean, I don't know. I figure there's probably still baseball in the future. It would just be sort of a fancier, more streamlined bat. Really? Baseball makes it that far? That's a little new. I mean, in I think in the Tiny Supers book, uh, technically it's only set in 2040, so that's not that far away. All right, all right. Uh, I also it also kind of uh, reminded me of uh, Mage, who carries around a baseball bat. So I thought, like, well, maybe not uh, just a plain old baseball bat, but maybe maybe the baseball bat is the um, best call. I mean, it's either I guess a baseball bat or a hockey stick or a lacrosse stick which seems real useless. That's for catching things too, you know? <laughs> like what? Grenades? Uh, I don't know. MacGuffins? <laughs> yes. It's a MacGuffin, it's a MacGuffin catcher. <laughs> a staff hey, of MacGuffin summoning. The, the weapon you pick is you telling me the kind of story you want to see. So if right. you pick a lacrosse stick, I will make sure you have a chance to catch something in it. <laughs> and that's it will happen. Friends. Is the mark of a good GM. Um, and sorry, I'm going to add another annotation to what Chan was talking about here. That would be the comic book mage, not the role-playing game mage. Sorry. Um, no, 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 it's fine. It's a great series. It's been going on for quite a long time now. And it's been a while since I've read it, though. But isn't the baseball bat basically a manifestation of Excalibur? It is. Yeah. Okay. Which this I mean, is not. You could you could say I'm taking a baseball bat and maybe one of your high tech friends made you like a space age titanium polymer baseball bat. <laughs> it, all all right. attacks do one damage. How you skin that attack is your business. Sure, and this is purely for aesthetic uh, reasons. Exactly. Like, uh, I'm I'm not that big of a sports guy, so you know I'm just looking around at like uh, what I'm looking around my house at like what would I pull out if. Um, a burglar just like busted in here right now. I'm like, well, there's a mic stand. I don't know, some yoga mats. Uh, I can pick up that, that standing rotating fan. That doesn't seem like it's something I'd carry around with me on the street. Uh, a guitar would only work once or twice. <laughs> because my guy, while a trickster is a little bit of a gadgeteer, but he's not hundred percent like a gadgeteer. I think I'm going to stick with the trickster because he's more just cocky Spider-Man than he is science whiz kid. Um, but his master detect is basically just um, uh, a little needle. That shoots uh, flechettes at people because I've always, 
Also, his character name is Bug. So there's that. Your guy shoots needles uh, at people and then they stick or yep. like, I dig it. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate because this person's mainly defense and I don't want to take off the, the Captain America shield throwing things. You know, that's, it's been done. What's, what's something new or another way to express that? Well, uh, there's actually a character in the Gallant Verse. Uh, God, it's not Bulwark. Alan, I'm sorry. Who is it? Um, Bastion. Thank you. Bastion, who uh, is on the cover of the Tiny Supers book, and they have like the two energy shields on either of their oh, arms. Oh, uh, Soundwave. Oh, sorry. Pulse, pulse, pulse Wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulse, pulse Wave. wave. Um, and then her evil twin brother. Uh, which I really Sonic like the boom. the evil right. version of the the gallant heroes, by the way. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Mace. If you want to take a look at that really quickly, that can give you kind of a different idea of what it means to be a shield bearer. I, I kind of like the, the two shield thing. Uh, this gives me more flexibility, and it's a little more expanded than uh, Wonder Woman's bracers. Well, and just to give you some idea of how I'm seeing it in my mind, because I'm taking shield bearer as well, like he has uh, a backpack that kind of looks like uh, the carapace of a beetle. So like when it comes time to shield, like that opens up and he gets enveloped in by sort of insectoid armor for a second. So I don't know. That's how I'm interpreting it. Okay. All right. Because I'm thinking mine's more of like a... So the character, the name that I came up with was uh, the Diamond Rook. And it's this kind of like power suit that this uh, woman, Tala Strong, climbs into. And it's, it's male presenting, but it's like armored up. So this way you can do damage and also heal people with nanites or whatever the narrative is. Hand so wave. Hand wave. Healing waves. <laughs> Healing radio waves. But uh, I'm trying to figure out how would this person attack if they were going to attack? Like, would they just punch things really hard? Which I think is just what it is, just a heavy punch. Slow, but, you know, has a wallop to it. I think that sounds fair. Okay. Like Ellen said, whatever you say determines what kind of story he will tell us. So, All right, I'm going to go with big fists and just call it heavy weapons. Heavy, Heavy melee. Okay. All right, so we've gone through our our archetypes. We've gone through our powers and traits. And we're picking our master weapon and proficient weapon. Which I think is what we've just been discussing here. Mm -hmm. So my master weapon is that little needle pistol, and then I'm proficient with light ranged is what I'm calling it. Gadget weapons. Cool. Uh, I, you know what? It's going to be a lacrosse stick. I'm going to figure out how this works. And uh, that's the mastered weapon. And then a proficient weapon would be sticks. Things. That uh, are... you, you would pick light melee, heavy melee, or ranged. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, light melee. Perfect. That seems that's right. Fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with some sort of like shield beam thing for ranged. JB, what were you thinking for your mastered and proficient weapons, sir? Or did I already miss it? Well, we're, we're just going to be doing uh, hand-to-hand combat. The only thing I'm trying to figure out is if it counts as light melee or heavy melee. That's really an aesthetic choice that'll impact if you pick up other weapons. Okay. Um, 
So for mastered, my mastered weapon is going to be my speed punches. Okay. Um, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put any proficiency into actually using outside weaponry. Uh, and okay. for my proficient, I'm just gonna do speed kicks. It's gonna be a little bit less proficient since I'm gonna have to be running uh, to use my legs for it. Yeah, that's a little too specific. You want to be broader. It's like a whole weapon group, right? So like just super speed attacks. So speed attacks would be my mastered weapon then. Yeah. No, no. Uh, super speed punches would be your mastered. Okay, then additional your proficient super weapon attacks. would be super speed attacks. Just kind of a general. If it's not a punch, any other super speed attack is at two dice. Got it. Super that speed works. kick. That works for me. And that would then that would cover like kicking. That would cover like if you try to body slam someone. If you pick up a trash can and super speed it into somebody's head. I think the kids call that eating these days. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right word? I don't know. Oh, sure. Yeah. You should have called your thing speed yeet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late. I'm going to make a super speed character called yeet now. Make him a millennial. <laughs> Actually, they have to be younger than a millennial now because millennials are getting old. Uh, Gen yeah. Z. Is that what it is? Gen Z. Yeah. I mean, it's 40. Millennials are going to be super old. Yeah, as as a, as somebody who is a millennial, I feel very old. <laughs> Ellen, I think we all feel very old right now, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then what uh, what is the belief system? Is it just what your that character's is, moral compass? Like yeah, like if you had a def- if there was a defining statement somebody would make about your moral compass, like one sentence, right? Like Superman's would be truth, justice, and the American way. It would sort of be his belief, right? Batman's would be, I, I don't know. I'm I stupid and just, I dress I, up like a bat. I think his is just, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Where is she? Where I, don't like that. I don't like Batman very much, so don't ask yeah. me to say nice stuff about Batman. It won't ever come out well. Something about a, you know, billionaire going around punching mentally ill people it's a little distasteful it's not even that it's the fact that like batman just represents a cascading failure of the uh welfare system in gotham because who lets a kid go home to a butler who lives alone after his parents are murdered <laughs> like what judge was like this seems normal this is yeah, good. we're good yeah. i think in the 40s that was that was pretty par for the course yeah, that's fair all those butlers raising billionaires and now you see the problem we're in <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, for weakness, something something like uh, not that they're gullible, but if a uh, villain is like, "I surrender, take me in," believe the I best in people. Be, yeah, I have to believe them. Like I would never betray you. Like I overly overly trusting. Yeah, like I want to believe they're they're true and honest right. and have turned over a leaf. I think I'm going with life is boring without a little danger. Okay. I'm going the traditional superhero route. Um, I lost my family when I was young, obviously. Had to had to orphan myself to become a superhero. Uh, so I I am weak when there are when there are families in danger in the near vicinity. Oh, I, I have I have to like stop and and like protect them because I can't stand to see another child lose his family. <laughs> I am so excited by that option. <laughs> Uh, I believe that my beliefs uh, will be why me? Um, like uh, he never wants to be there uh, doing the thing and defending the the city, but um, you know, like uh, no one else is going to do it. 
and uh, you know he'd um, he'd he'd rather leave, uh, but he can't ever quite bring himself to do that. Uh, and I feel like in terms of weakness, um, maybe just extra bright lights. Like uh, a normal sunny day is not a problem, but uh, anything brighter than that would, you know, sort of like uh, make the, uh, um, the sort of soot sprites uh, not as functional, actionable. Hey, Chan, do you mind if I maybe give you a suggestion? Oh, yes. What if it was just sensitivity to light and say like UV light did something? Black light did something different. <laughs> like a green kryptonite, red kryptonite situation? Well, yes, exactly like that. <laughs> I'm into it. That sounds like a lot of work for your GM. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerfully withdrawn. Uh, and I'm, I'm too cocky for my own good. So I very often just rush headlong into danger without really thinking too much about the consequences. Uh, my belief is that no one is beyond saving. No one. All right. And so we got everyone's beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. All right. We got the weaknesses. Uh, power origins. What's everyone's power origin? Like, where did you get your magic rings from? Uh, vending machine. Vending machine. <laughs> right. Where I get mine. Well, Tokyo is amazing. They're 50 cents now. Can you believe that? Uh, Are they 50? I thought they were like 75 or a dollar. Oh, they'd have to be at least a dollar. Mine's technology. Mine is also technology. Technology. Magical. Uh, I I feel like it's one of those things that sort of uh, uh, growing up, there's just like, you know, you always feel something over your shoulder and then it's kind of one day like these things just started popping up out of of nowhere. And we're uh, street level, correct? Yeah. Power level street. I thought we were default. Oh, you're, whatever the default is, yeah. Oh, oh, default. That's one over. So what's the difference between default and street level? Is it like, I don't know, uh, Mothman versus Batman? Well, street so, level... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. Feel free. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but street level would um, minimize the uh, use of power traits. So right. like a street level here would be based more on just the regular traits. Right. Like you might only have one or two power traits and they're probably not above tier one. Right. Like, Mm. for example, Daredevil has one power, really. The rest of his stuff is training. Right. Copy. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of the difference. And you represent that by limiting how many power choice uh, power traits and also trait choices everybody gets. And honestly, at the time we wrote the book, there was no other way to play this. But if I, somebody was like, I'm going to run Street Hero, I'd be like, well, you should just pick up Fallen Justice because yeah. it's literally written to do just that. Is that a setting book or is that uh, an adventure? It's a side book. It's got a, it's like 11 new archetypes. And all of them are powerless. It has vehicles, uh, utility belts, gadgets, uh, uh, like a neighborhood generator for really scummy neighborhoods, stuff like that. So I think I'm good. Uh, I've got my character name and my name. Would you like to share those with the group? Sure. My character name is Diamond Rook. Uh, It's an armored suit. Uh, It's completely shiny. Um, Male presenting. Real name is Tala Strong. Female presenting. 
Uh, I'm All right. Also sorry, you're gonna have to. Re- sorry, repeat that so I can write it down. Oh, okay. And, uh, my super alias is Diamond Rook. It's a superpowered male suit, um, and my real name is Tala Strong. Just to be clear, Diamond like the mineral, Rook like the chess piece. Very much so. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I was, or sorry, whomever, please. <laughs> I, I can go. Yes. Um, so my character's name is Johnny Mickelson. Um, his super alias is Hyperstar. And he is in a full black uh, bodysuit with a glowing star in the center with a lightning motif coming out. All blue glowing lightning motif coming out outside of it. So Hyperstar, you said? Hyperstar. Nice. Well, I should probably be writing these down, too. <laughs> Uh, Jameson, I'm sorry, what was your real name again? Talia. Uh, it was, uh, go back to my sheet. It was Tala Strong. T-A-L-A. Okay. Uh, Hyperstar. JB, what was your real name again? Johnny. Johnny Mickelson. Okay. Uh, Chan, go for it. Um, the uh, character's real name is Bert Chin. Um, I was sort of like circling around like uh, different, different uh, like ash or ashes, you know, because these these are sort 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 of yeah, like a, based on these soot sprites. So uh, then I went looking for like chimney sweep. I was like, what the hell is the name of the uh, uh, that guy from Mary Poppins? So <laughs> oh no, Bert is why Bert Chin and his um, super alias is Chim Chim. I Chim Chim. He's not. He's not comfortable with uh, where he is, and it's one of those. It's one of those nicknames that gets thrust upon you, even though uh, you know. Not that I have any sort of uh, long-term damaging uh, traumas from childhood or anything re- involving that. But yeah, that's, that's how it goes. What was your uh, your normal name? Your uh, Bert Chin Bert's. I just want you to talk in a horrible Cockney dialect. Yes. <laughs> I don't I mean. actually. No. So, to, no. so to clarify, the last name is Chin, C-H-I-N, and the superhero name is Chim, C-H-I-M. Yeah. Two, okay. chin, uh, two N's in Chin, actually. Okay. C-H-I-N-N. So yeah. if, you, it's, if you write it uh, real fast, then uh, it's easy to mistake. So it's like Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim Chiru. Yes, okay. indeed. All right. Because oh, you take the lucky oh. trait because sweep, sweeps are as lucky as lucky can be, I hear. <laughs> um, and uh, my yeah. character. Oh, is, oh, 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 yeah. hold, hold a second. Do you, seriously, real question. Do you have the lucky trait? Uh, no, no. Okay, you can have it for free because I love this idea. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Chim Chim. Um, <laughs> that's catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Please use that catchphrase throughout the entire thing. <laughs> At I, least once and then mug the audience. <laughs> jazz hands. Wait, we can see we can see jazz hands on a podcast, right? Absolutely. That's okay. written into the uh the contract, right? <laughs> uh and then I am Bug, not the Bug, just Bug. And uh his real name is Dash Parker. <laughs> and uh yeah, he's uh college undergrad who's pretty smart kind of a jackass uh and just likes to go out and get into some trouble with his superpowered friends i'm so going to take advantage of your name being dash and the fact that i have super speed <laughs> don't know how yet but it's gonna happen love it 
Well, unless I'm very much mistaken, I think we have our characters created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And just about on time. Cool. Well, I think it's about time to put a button on this particular aspect of this month's content. So why don't we go around the virtual table one time, tell people where they can find us on socials, and uh, then we'll, we'll call it a proverbial day. Mason, why don't you go first? Great. Thank you. Uh, hi, everyone. Jameson. Uh, you can find me online, GM underscore Mace, uh, like the weapon. Um, now, I know this game requires only a few dice, only 3d6, right? But if you need more dice, just more dice in your life, you're going to want to go to diceenvy.com slash GWNP. And if you use GWNP in the checkout, you get 10% off. So there you all go. Jamie, we're going to get more of you. To me? Yes, sir. Okay, sorry. I, I, was, I heard working to get more of you. I did my miss the name in front of it. Uh, my name is JB. J's and John B is in boy. Uh, last name Jora. You can catch me on the internet at JB Jora. That's J A U R A. Uh, I am all over the place doing all the things in board gaming and nerdetry. Uh, that's trademarked nerdetry. Um, I work for Hunters Entertainment and make board games and role play games, as well as being the technical director on our new uh, Twitch stream. So I'll be on. Uh, Twitch constantly. You'll be able to find us starting middle of July twice a week for the rest of the foreseeable future. Mm. Uh, so, so come check us out there. That is twitch.tv slash Hunters Entertainment. Is that the only streaming you're doing right now? or is there It's not actually. Uh, on Wednesday, so that'll be a Tuesday and a Friday stream uh, that I'll be doing at Hunters. And on Wednesdays, at least for the next what, three months or so? Three months, starting July 1st. Um, I will be starring on uh, It's Always Sunny in the Shadows, which is going to be a Vampire the Masquerade uh, stream I'm going to be doing on Games We Never Play, the Twitch stream there, uh, which is going to be a a fun, you know, spoof-type, uh, fun, joking poke at, uh, at the Vampire the Masquerade seriousness. So we'll be... We'll be taking as many opportunities as we can to, to make fun of that, that genre as we can. So it'll be fun. Mr. Chan. Uh, you can find me at 999 RPMs on Twitter and Facebook and such like. Uh, you can check out Knowing is Half the Podcast on all your favorite podcatchers. We wa- uh, watch old uh, cartoons from people's childhoods and... Um, uh, talk about them. We watched the entire uh, Sunbow series of G.I. Joe and it's fantastic. <sighs> then we started watching the Deke era and it was the opposite. <laughs> uh, also, there's a, uh, I do a podcast called AE Doubleback, which is uh, a recap podcast of uh, uh, AEW, uh, which airs uh, Wednesday night. So it usually drops uh, early Thursday morning. Nice. Alan, where can they get more of you, sir? Um, you can find our Twitter at gallantkgames dot or was at gallantkgames. There's no dot com or anything after that because it's Twitter, I guess. <laughs> uh, Facebook slash gallantnightgames. Um, I'm on alanbar.net or at alanbar on Twitter, and then we have various Facebook groups and a Discord and things like that. 
Yes, there's there's any number of places you can find the content. It's all great. Um, I'm Michael Robert Holmes. You can find me on Twitter at MRH underscore three E or on Instagram at Michael R. Holmes. Uh, you can find Games We Never Play also where finer podcasts are downloaded. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, we've got a Patreon with uh, donation levels as low as $1, but obviously higher levels come with different goodies. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out at patreon.com slash GWN. I'm very excited for the next couple episodes uh, playing Tiny Supers with this estimable table that we have here. Um, So until next time, take care, be well, and may all your hits be crits. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys.